now. Let's do this now. From magical movies. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. To unforgettable adventures. Well, once there was a princess. I'm an outlaw, that's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run. From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home. You can always count on something new from Disney. That's why they call me Thumper. For the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stuff. Look, have I got it? The magic feather. Now you can fly. Ohana means family. Just a sec. Buzz, will you get up here and give me a hand? <laughs> I'm taking you to someplace pretty special. <laughs> you won't find him here. <laughs> the king has returned. Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glossin and Teresa Delgado. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the most magical podcast on the internet. Magical because of how it shows up like a unicorn. Just when you think it doesn't exist, here we are. It's Disney Vault Talk. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about the Pixar Disney film, The Incroyables. Incroyables. The Incredibles. And of course, with us, recover- hey, watch it, watch what is going on? Hold on. Watch oh my gosh, I forgot how to do everything. I forgot how to do everything. Anyhow, with me as always is the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. She's the, uh, she, she is fighting through injury, ladies and gentlemen. Um, not, she's, she was on the injured reserve list and then, uh, and then she decided, what is happening? What is going on? Stop it. Just stop it. I'm a, I'm, I'm one take gloss and I'm about to start this whole thing over. Everyone, I will turn this thing around. If you do not get on board, I will turn this. Okay. Stop touching me. Anyhow, she's been on the DL. She's been on the injured reserve, but she came off because she said, I've got to hit it out of the park. For the Cure Childhood Cancer Marathon, the Goliverse Marathon, ladies and gentlemen, what I wish I could say is that this is her return to podcasting, but it's not. She she's she's podcasted since she's had her surgery, her major surgery. She but she is convalescing, and she does. It's not a second head she has; it's an ice pack on her shoulder for swelling purposes. That's what I. That's what I imagine. That's why you ice things down. Sometimes you alternate ice and warm. She can tell you all about that because that's her field. She's a sports medicine guru. She is a fangirl next door. She's the fangirl next door. She is the lovely, the talented, the powerful Teresa Delgado. Down, 
Teresa, I imagine you stepping out onto a WWE ramp and making your way with your awesome BA walk. Absolutely. You have no idea. Like, this whole time the intro has been playing, I'm, like, stretching my neck like I'm about to go. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm about to go fight somebody. Shaking out the arm, arm, bouncing up and down. You're oh, ready. One arm. You're ready. One arm. Well, that's why I said the arm, not the arm. On a one-arm bandit. <laughs> <laughs> She's, ladies and gentlemen, the one-arm bandit, Teresa Delgado. <laughs> got your got your title belt thrown over your shoulder, rocking and rolling. Someone put it up there for you in the back. <laughs> All right, we're gonna set this up here for you to hide the to hide the uh, to hide the ice pack. Right so, there, you go. Yeah. So anyhow, also with us on this episode, uh, he's been with us for most of the marathon all day today, and and I'm afraid that this may be his last live in studio appearance today for the marathon. Oh, I thought you were going to say for all time. No, not. I hope not. I hope there's His many last more to live come. Live appearance. What's going to happen to me on my drive home, Steve? Well, I hope nothing except a, just a nice drive home where you get home okay. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Oh, Shaz. It's me. Every time, every time, every time, every time. By my house, out in the yard, he's at my door. Speaking of snow, there was there was snow on the ground this morning. It is gone, gone completely yeah. gone. And what a beautiful snow we had this morning as you were here. It was Shaz. gorgeous. gorgeous. The, if you're listening to this Cloud after the fact dangerous. on the podcast feed, we want you to head over, especially if you're listening. Well, only if you're listening during the week of February 9th to the fifteenth. Um, please head over to geekoutonline.com slash cure and donate to Cure Childhood Cancer through our first giving page right now as we start this show live with mixer.com slash goaliverse. We're at $23.95 of our $5,000 goal raised. Not quite halfway, but almost there. And we want to thank Brett Coley, Jonathan B. Maples, Nicholas Valentine, Ela Desarn, Dylan Newhouse, Mark Hemall, Roth in Wyoming, the Kimberly Smith family, Deep Sea Hefe, Carrie Brown, Brent Eckert, Blessed Cheesemaker, the Lutz family, Lisa Cipher, Shane Pavlik, Jeff Fawcett, the Grants, Michael High, Nip, Geeky Catholic Dad, Justin P. Wiseman, Christine in California, Brian, just Brian, Richard Sloan, Jimmy Thomas, Wendy from the High Desert, Steve in Idaho, Anon, E. Muss, John Lowe and his family, Seth Howerton and Brian Kennedy, you've all contributed in big ways, and we appreciate every single one of you uh, for donating at Cure uh, at geekoutonline.com slash cure. Now, we are doing little geek gift packages this year, so if you have um, have donated, please send an email to geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline. We'll give you a different email to contact Disney Vault Talk at the end of the show. But if you have donated, please send an email to geekoutonline.com with your address so we can send these out to you if you're so inclined. It's nothing major. There'll be a Geek Out Loud sticker. There will be uh, maybe a comic book, maybe some trading cards, you know, that kind of thing. Just a little geek care package for you that hopefully you'll enjoy and will uh, will brighten your day as you receive it. So, uh, Teresa. Cheers. All right. Well, we're talking about donations right now, right? Mm-hmm. And we do this all the time when Vault Talk is on. 
Okay, everybody that is live on Mixler.com, I am setting you a challenge. Ooh. I'm going to have two challenges. So one, our, our just basic goal during the show is to hit halfway. Mm-hmm. So that's $2,500. So $2,395. So we need someone to do math. I'm not good with numbers. $105. There we go. We need $105 more during the recording of this show. Yes. My stretch goal where I want us to be is at $3,000 by the end of the time we record. So everyone that is live, take the link, text your friends, text your family members, not just put it out on social media, like actually text somebody and get them to donate and explain what it's for and get us to $3,000 before we're done with Disney Ball Talk. Somebody text some, somebody text somebody. Somebody text somebody is what I'm talking about. Somebody text them, text somebody. Nah. Yeah, because we during Vault Talk we always drive those donations up. So at the very least, I want to be at twenty five hundred. But if we get to three thousand during the show, guys, there's fifty of you right now. If each of you text like five people, come on, come on, let's do it. Also, and Disney Vault Talk is a rarity, so it's worth more money. Right, Disney Vault Talk is a <laughs> rarity. <laughs> that well, that it's twenty recently. Yeah, oh, this that's, is a whole new thing. This is a whole new world. Stuff. A whole new world. <laughs> it's a whole new world. Wow. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you this, it's not quite as rare as what Rock Out Loud has been. Oh, so, yeah. And Rock Out Loud is coming back. Oh, we have back we have dug into the mines, and Rock Out Loud's coming back. Kristen is primed and ready to go. Um, we just did Geek Out Loud that was all over the place. We talked everything from the Mandalorian. Tried to take a deep dive into the Mandalorian, and then we ended up talking about toys. So that was fun. And um, and now here we are, Disney Vault Talk. It's an episode about the Incredibles in Croyabla. Uh, and we have a couple of emails, Teresa. Is that right? We do. So I put some stuff out on the internet, which I'm sure everybody was like, what? Uh, and I asked the people to send us some emails if they wanted us to read them on the show. So we're starting fresh. We've got some new ones. Well, let's jump into it. When you mail a letter, you can send it anywhere. On foot, by truck, by aeroplane, the postman gets it there. So write a letter to a friend, maybe she'll write you. No matter what, you always know the mail must go through. We need those letters. From General Lee, dear son, we're waiting for the Huns at the pass. It would mean a lot if you'd come and back us up. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Then I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, ah! All right. Well, where are we starting here, Teresa? We're starting with Matt Marks. Okay. Is it the is it the subject line Disney and Pixar movies and Disney Plus? Yes. All right. Well, do you want me to read it? Sure. All right. Hey, Teresa and Steve and Shazbazar. I just wanted to send in some feedback so that you'll have emails to read if you want to on your marathon show. Disney Plus has been great for catching up on Disney and Pixar movies that I hadn't seen before. I saw Ratatouille, which was fine. Not the top of my Pixar list, but still a good movie. I watched Coco once it became available, and I really liked it. I was a little wary at first because it seemed like the movie was being way too obvious with a plot twist, only to realize that A, it wasn't meant to be a plot twist, and B, the thing I thought was obvious wasn't actually the truth anyway. And then we got to the song at the end, and Miguel's great-grandma, Coco, dang it, Pixar, quit plucking my heartstrings. Just yesterday, I finally got a chance to see Toy Story 4. I don't think it stopped, It tops Toy Story 3 for me, but it was really good. And again, at the end, dang it, Pixar. 
Meanwhile, my middle child, Charlie, who just turned three, has become obsessed with Lightning McQueen and Cruz Ramirez. Woo! He used to watch mindless truck and car videos on YouTube whenever he got the chance because he loves anything with wheels and colors. You know what? Mindless truck and car videos are better than mindless, hey, I'm draining this ditch over here I videos. knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming so, post 10. So one day we decided to show him cars because at least that movie had some good writing and a plot, unlike the dime a dozen YouTube videos. Soon, it became the only thing he'd watch. My wife would tell me when I came home from work that she'd practically memorized the movie. Charlie got sick a couple of times with some pretty bad ear infections, so I spent a lot of time cuddling with him on the couch and watching Cars. Finally, I found Cars 3 on my Disney Plus profile. For some reason, it doesn't show up on the kids-only profiles. And when we added that to the rotation, it's now his favorite Cars movie. He calls it Lightning McQueen and Cruz Ramirez. He occasionally shouts out, Use that! at random times during the day. The first time I watched Cars 3 was a few years ago when Cars was not as fresh in my mind. I've enjoyed it a lot more now that I have the whole story fresh in my mind. Very, very fresh. I was going to talk about a Lion and, uh, Aladdin and Lion King remakes too, but this email has gone on long enough. Good luck with the marathon. May the mouse be with you. That's our friend Geeky Catholic Dad, Matt Marks. Woo-hoo. Yeah, um, I, I haven't really taken advantage of a lot of the Disney side of stuff on the... Disney Plus, as much as I should. I started watching the Imagineering show the other day. Have oh, you? yeah. Man, it was really good, especially yeah. the first episode. Because, I mean, they, they plow right on up into the death of Walt Disney and everything. And, I mean, they just tug on the old heartstrings. And you're like, come on, Disney. You're so good at everything you do. Be this good forever. Um, but uh, so so I haven't really jumped into a lot of the the Disney side of things with that. Um, I've hung out a lot in the Marvel section and, of course, the Star Wars stuff with the Mandalorian and everything. Um, and, and then the other night I watched the Pirates movie. I fired up. I hadn't seen The Curse of the Black Pearl in ages. Oh, the first Pirates movie. movie. And it was so good and so much fun. And then, and so then, of course, I just rolled right on into Dead Man's Chest, mm-hmm. which, you know, at the time got a really bad rap. There were really? a lot of, yeah, it was, it was not very well received, nor was World's End. Um, after the fact, but I really had fun with that movie. Really enjoyed it a lot. I think it's got a lot of stuff going on, and I and I know World's End is kind of disappointing that you don't see a big battle with the Kraken that the Kraken's already dead at the beginning. But the rest of that movie is just so good. That final battle in at World's End and the music of at World's End it's is a just outstanding. Than, than the other two, yeah. It's hey, Steve. Yes, ma'am. We have a whole section about this. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead and hit Cam's. Now, this is Thunder Cam Hotman has sent us an email. It is, but but before we go any further, I would just like to say that we are now at $2,555. Oh, wow. All right. Rock and roll. Thank you, Mama Lowe, for donating. Mama Lowe. Our goal. Nice. Yay. Thank you, Mama Lowe. And Jennifer G., who did four minutes ago, and Jedi Swasi. Goodness you gracious. You make the call, and here it comes. There you go. Thank you so much, All everyone. Right. Okay. Sorry, I was, okay, I need to go back to the emails. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Hey, Teresa, Steve, and assorted marathoners and Shaz Bazaar. Mm. I wanted to share the story of the very first time I heard an episode of DBT. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Okay. Maybe not, I don't know, I haven't actually read it. Back in 2015, when I got into listening to podcasts, I was trying to find something my wife would enjoy listening to with me. (laughs) The wife absolutely loves Disney, so if there's a myriad of Star Wars podcasts for me, there had to be something along those lines about the Disney animated movies, right? Turns out there was. More importantly, they already did an episode on her favorite movie, Pinocchio. Uh 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 Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
I was so excited. This will be perfect. So one night I told her I had the perfect podcast for her, and she begrudgingly agreed to listen. I hit play, and for 20 minutes we listened to these two people, one much louder than the other. Mm-hmm. Completely eviscerated her childhood favorite. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, it's difficult for my wife to take podcast advice from me. So thanks for that. <laughs> We had lunch with him, and he didn't tell me that story. Oh, my God. That is great. He didn't want to tell you face to face. When I saw Pinocchio, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, I did, too. That's terrible. That's so sad. Mm. Little did I know that louder voice would appear on my favorite Star Wars podcast and would even become a friend of mine. Thanks so much, Teresa and Steve, for what you do. Aside from the Pinocchio and the 9-11, a him, Fox and the Hound episode. The 9-11, <clears throat> the Fox and the Hound. Yeah, Fox and the Hound episode, we ended up, Shaz, discussing our feelings of what happened on 9-11 and how we, how we felt and where we were. I don't recall that. Well, Fox and the Hound, because Fox and the Hound was just as traumatic to some of us as 9-11. Oh, my God. It was probably that Teresa shared stories of, of a pet that passed and all this stuff. I mean, it was horrible. It was the most downer episode of a podcast ever. <laughs> oh, I miss doing this show so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hmm. I really love the show. I can't wait to hear you recap your recap of Up. Um you might want to skip that one. That'll be about five years from now, probably, at the rate we're going. Probably, uh, but also, I don't like up. What? what? <laughs> anyway, the wife and I have always loved that one. She hates me. She is <laughs> going to hate me. I'm just curious. Well, at least the louder voice will balance your, your opinion out on up. Yeah, down or Delgado. What don't you like about Up? It's not that I don't like it, but I don't understand the hype and like why people think it's so amazing. It's not your favorite. I mean, I let, my favorite is coming up. So right. you think we're going to not record another episode like in two weeks? You're crazy. Right. Well, here's, let, me, let me just really quickly touch on up here. Um, the whole idea of, I think, what the hype comes from is those first 10 minutes. Because, I don't get it. Well, because just... what, what Pixar did is they told this incredible story that sucked you in and you bought into this man's state of mind and his heart before the movie ever really gets going to the meat of what the movie's all about. And I, and I think it was just a really, we'll talk about it, of course, when we get there. But I think the whole idea is, is those eight to ten minutes are such a great example of how to tell a good story um, to get you to understand a character. And, and, and that, I think that's what it is. And then the internet, then you add, but then Teresa, then you add the hype. Flies on balloons? No. Well, but that, what I'm saying is, is what the internet does is they take that first 10 minutes and that becomes the big thing. You add the hyperbole of the internet. I get that. Yeah. I don't, don't, mm, okay, anyway, we're not on that. No, it's funny. There's some funny stuff. Squirrel. All I know is that his wife is going to hate me. Um, Okay. The wife and I have always loved that one, despite it being bone-crippingly depressing. Oh, those first eight minutes. See? Mm-hmm. See? 
We haven't watched it in years and weren't sure if we would again. Luckily, after nearly three years of battling infertility, our first baby is due at the end of April. Yay! Little Rose. Little Rose Hopman. Little Rose going to be that's born at the beginning of May. That's amazing. <laughs> Cannot wait to share all of our favorites with her when she gets here. Thanks so much for loving these movies and enriching them for fellow fans. Thanks, Cam. Thank you, Cam. And uh, I apologize, but also not sorry. <laughs> You can hear Cam on a regular basis on the Big Honkin' Show. Oh, uh, hey, about the Big Honkin' Show, mm-hmm, really quick. Mm-hmm. Y'all were playing that pre-recorded one or whatever? Yeah, from back in the day? Yeah. There's a Denny's right next to my school. Nice. And a Starbucks. No. So when you were talking, y'all were talking about Denny's and these kids, like, getting in trouble and oh, stuff okay. or not going to school or whatever. Like, we have kids that walk to Starbucks all the time yeah. during the day and then come back or go to Denny's and then come back because it's that right was, next door. That was a so. big honking show from 10 years ago. Well, guess what? Yeah. It's come to reality. It's come that to reality. Denny's next to my school caught on fire. Wow. Oh, wow. Now. Mm-hmm. Look into the uh, principal for that one. Um, the... <laughs> The, the but he, you can hear Cam on a regular basis on the Big Honkin Show, and if you're in the Evansville, Indiana area, you can tune in to Cam Hopman. Uh, he is the weatherman at WEVV Channel Forty Four. Cool. I have lots of questions. Okay. Well, you should listen to the Big Honkin Show because I bet I asked him, and also hopefully one day coming to a YouTube news blooper reel to you uh, near nearby you will be Cam Hopman. That's what I hope for in life is that he shows up on a news reel it's blooper coming. reel. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Cam's a great guy and it's been fun to get to know him and his wife, Kate. They're great people. Um, Jennifer says, hello, Stephen, Teresa and Chaz Bazaar. So good to hear you two and Chaz Bazaar back together again. I hope you're healing well from your shoulder surgery, Teresa. I, I am. I thought since you guys are doing Pixar movies now, I would tell you what my favorites are. Top three are Inside Out, Monsters, Inc. Yeah. and Finding Dory. Inside Out, I think, is an amazing movie. It is funny, sad, and makes you think. I think it can be looked at from many different views or angles. I love joy and bing bong. We don't talk about bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get to that movie. I love that. No, I. Uh, we're gonna stop doing Pixar altogether. <laughs> next week on next week on Disney Vault Talk, we talk about Jeff Goldblum's show on the Nat Geo channel on the Disney. You know Plus. what though. We should, because... He's not good. real. He's not real. All right, anyhow. I love they kept Bing Bong a secret before the movie came out. If I remember correctly, he was not in any of the trailers. No, he wasn't. Monsters, Inc. is just a funny... It's just fun, funny, and cute. I've seen it many times and enjoyed it. I think the prequel is pretty good. Finding Dory is fun, sweet, and emotional, at least when she finds her parents. I cried so much the first time I saw it. I love Dory. I think Ellen does a great job voicing her, and I think like Dory because she is like me. I hope I didn't ramble too much. Best of luck on hitting your goal. And that's Jennifer from Phoenix. So, yeah, Jennifer, you didn't ramble at all. You, Not at all. You were right no, to the was, point. That was great. I wish every email could be what yours was, Jennifer. Nice and to the point. Mm. She is Light Fury 419 in the Mixer chat. Yep. Thank you, I Jennifer. I thought that that's who it might be. Yeah, old Light Fury. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, it's been a hot minute since we did this. Yes. But we've got lots of stuff. We got what? What do we got? What What is it time for? I'm confused. I got to pull it's the notes for up. Disney Watch. Disney, Disney Watch. Watch. All right. My wife's favorite is the Fun Facts, but we're not there I yet. Know. Hey, watch it! Watch it! Watch it! Watch yourself. Mm. Who goes there? Watch it! 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 Watch
right, we ready? Well, I was waiting. I didn't know if you remembered that you always used to go, watch out. Watch out for my butt. Okay. <laughs> I, I remember. Teresa's like, no, it's business time. There's no okay. time to watch out for anyone's butt. We've got to get to business. <laughs> okay. So the last time we recorded a show 10 years ago, mm-hmm. we talked about Disney Plus coming and what was going to be on it. And yeah. now, you know, 10 years later, Disney Plus is here. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would just update everybody on some of the new things that have been added in the last few weeks. If yes. you haven't been paying attention, we got the live action remake of Aladdin, which I was so happy when it finally was on there. They were advertising it. And I said, oh, it's on here. And I clicked on it and it said coming in like a week. And mm-hmm. I was like, rude. Yeah. So when it was finally up, I've already watched it like two or three times. Really? You liked it? I love it. I don't care for it too much. I love it. I just, I, I don't know. I love it. And then Toy Story 4 just came on there. I just watched that again last night. I haven't seen I it yet. Love it. Absolutely love it. They finally put cool runnings on classic there. movie yeah classic so movie. much yeah classic. as soon as it was up i'm like yes feel the rhythm feel the rhyme get on up it's box said time <laughs> and then live action lion king which i've also watched no what lion king Teresa? live action lion king. it's not live action i'm sorry Reanimated, re exactly reanimated re- whatever the lion remake king. of lion king is what it <laughs> remake is remake of lion king i've also watched that and then I didn't know, well, okay, no, I saw that this was on here, but I didn't remember if it was the movie I was thinking, because there's another movie out that has a similar name that's, I think, about the same thing. I'm not sure. But Red Tails, the film that Lucas did about the Tuskegee Airmen. Right, yep. And I went to the theater and saw it, and I really liked it, and mm-hmm. I wanted to watch it again, so it's on there. But there's another film out there that has, like, a similar name, and I always get confused as to which one's which. So Red Tails mm-hmm. is on there. That's yes. exciting. Mm-hmm. So this was the section I was talking about. So, Shaz, have you watched any of that stuff? Shaz has stepped away from the microphone. I'm sorry. Oh, Shaz is gone? Yeah. Have you, you haven't watched any of this stuff? I've not. I've, well, see, we saw Aladdin in the theater, and I wasn't too smitten with the new Aladdin. Um, I mean, it was good. It was okay, you know. Uh, I just... I've... I love... Can I tell you my favorite part? Mm-hmm. So when... Wait. Did we? We haven't recorded since Aladdin came out. Well, I think we talked about I feel like we did mention it. We talked did about we? it. Maybe. Okay, well, my favorite part is when they're doing Prince Ali, mm-hmm. and he's, like, waiting for the for the sultan. He's like, come on, you can do it. You can do it. He's waiting for him to, like, start tapping his hand or getting into the music. Right, right. And then there's, like, this big breakdown. I love it. Yes. I, I, I thought that, you know, it was Aladdin. We'd seen it. We know what it's about. The Lion King, I think we've talked about that, Teresa. I don't think either one of us were really taken with the remake of The Lion King. I don't know if we talked about it or not. You know, I liked it. I liked it. I'll say that. But the more I've watched it since it's been on Disney+, Plus, the more I like it. Okay. So I think it's one of those, like, I end up just watching them over and over and over. If, if you ask me, are you going to watch The Lion King... I'm going to say yes, and there's going to be a 2D animation up there. It's going to be the classic Lion King. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, you know, I. I feel like I feel like in the remake they really tried to. I don't know. They they tried they tried to tone down some things that I don't know that need to be toned down. In other areas, they tried to expand them out to tell the story a, a different way, and it just it didn't have the same flow. It didn't have the same. 
emotional impact on in, in points where it needed to. I, I, there was True. just something that was off about it to me. But there were a couple things. Timon and Pumbaa were great. And also, they actually gave Simba a mane that didn't look like this floppy mane, like in the animated version. <laughs> His mane isn't all fluffy. It's all, you know, kind of like, I don't know, it's floppy. You know what I mean? It's floppy. <laughs> Isn't it floppy mane in the animated version? He's got you know, a it's what not he's like got. Mufasa's mane. Mufasa's mane is all like. Right. What he's got yeah. in the animated version is an animated type mane. Like it's meant to add a little bit to his character to differentiate him from Mufasa. But that he's floppy. No, I don't think it's floppy. It looks to me like it's trying to be like more. He's a young hip, man. cool hair. Yeah. Okay, but look, look. I want my king lion to be hot, and he wasn't. Okay, there. It's an animal, <laughs> Teresa. You know what? Nope. That's that's not that's beside the point. Nope. No, Teresa. (laughs) That is beside the point. mm -mm, Pongo is a handsome dog. This is mm -mm, this is not a safe place to talk about good looking animals. That's not that's weird (laughs) to all of us, Teresa. And uh, it's not weird. Sarah's in the chat. She would agree with me. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. Are you still on pain medicine? (laughs) No. (laughs) I feel like. You know what? Look, she is right about one thing. Sarah is in the chat right now, and she said Dimitri from Anastasia is hot, even though that's not a Disney movie. I agree. Who is Dimitri? Dimitri? Is hot. He's a, he's a human. Okay, yeah, exactly. Now look, that was the point. Yes, yes. Good job, All right. Sarah. Yes, Sarah. Look, here's the thing. Yes, <laughs> animated things can be attractive, but animals is what we're talking about right now, and it's weird. It's it's very what? it's off putting. Huh. Okay, whatever. It's all pretty. And there are other people out there who would agree with me, but you don't yeah, have to. Yeah, they're okay. called weirdos. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Yeah? You're speaking to an ice-cold penguin. That's true. It's okay. Ice-cold well, you know, penguin. Panchito. Panchito is hot. Penguin. Anyway, so Shaz, have you seen Aladdin, Toy Story 4, Cool Runnings, Lion King, Red Tails? Yes. I'm trying to think if there's anyone in there I've not seen while you were out of the room Teresa was talking about these are the things that have recently been added to the Disney Plus and that she's been have I seen them on Disney Plus no no No, we're talking about the remake of Aladdin I have not seen the remake of Aladdin but I've seen the others yeah Toy Story 4 ooh no yeah no Cool Runnings Cool Runnings I know you're all about that the remake of Lion King King is what we're talking about got that Red Tails Red Tails of course you've seen Red Tails yeah but not okay. on the Disney Plus. Not no. on Disney Plus. All right. So I thought we would talk a little bit about what you guys have watched. And y'all already started going down that. Sorry, Teresa. Trail. It's okay. Sorry, it's Teresa. Okay. But you said the Imagineering show. Yes. Yeah. You, If you haven't watched the whole thing, guys, you are missing out. That show, oh, it blows my mind. The The episodes about some of the, the overseas Disney parks and mm-hmm. then... Hollywood Studios and some of the other things that are more more new, I guess. Those are the things that really got me. And like mm-hmm. Disney World stuff. It was just it was it's amazing. It is so amazing. I love that show. I hope they do more of that show. I Everybody that. I talk to loves that. Yeah. I hadn't even looked at it till a, a couple of weeks ago somebody at church said you've got to watch this. Yes. And so that you was do. what I did that Sunday night after church. So good. Yeah, it's so really good. cool. And I would imagine, obviously, we've all watched The Mandalorian. Now, yes. we brought up The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Have y'all watched that? Yeah, I've watched a couple of episodes. I, I've bounced around on it. 
I watched them talk about shoes and ice cream, and then the other night we watched the one about coffee. Okay, um, so I I watched everything up through like the denim one maybe or the barbecue one. I need to look, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen the coffee one yet, which I do need to see. But I love that show. It's so good. It's so I, weird. I he, I I feel like he's putting on. Maybe, you know, and he's being he's being a character in the show. Like he's making his Jeff Goldblum as a character, yeah. which I get. And I'm fine with that. What I like is the talking to all these different people, learning about the things, all of these things, you know, through the eyes of it's kind of like a show you'd see on I don't know, National Geographic or the Discovery Channel where they're going Well, you know, it's it's on National Geographic. Well, I, I know, but anyway, <laughs> whatever. whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so. like those shows that are, uh, as little kids, it'd be like how it's made kind of things. Yeah. 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 So I like it. I think it's cool. And I think it's neat for the shoe episode, for example, he goes into the realm of like shoe conventions, which I didn't know was a thing. So that's really awesome. Oh yeah. There's a convention for everything. these days there's and everyone's super excited about it no matter what it is Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. if you don't know about it you're going to act like you do once you get there because you don't want to be left out right and also you were the first person to like those Mm -hmm. also not you personally but that's how people are i agree that beast so sarah just said beast from beauty and the beast is hot human beast not hot agree and then Michael Heinep, he said Duchess from the Aristocrats is hot. Mike, well, Mike, listen, you got to know Michael. He's a weirdo for sure. Look, I don't care. They they agree. So I don't care how weird they are. They agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what kind of company I keep. So Steve, so you've watched Pirates, Shaz. What's mm-hmm. something you've watched? Uh, Herbie. Oh yeah. Um, the Love Bug and uh, Herbie Goes Bananas. Nice. I'm talking old Herbie. And uh, uh, the the computer wore tennis shoes. The computer wore tennis shoes. I mean, we're talking back in time. Mm -hmm. Back in time. I'm a little bit. There are some things that I haven't seen forever. You know, the things I used to watch on a wonderful world of Disney. And that's Mm -hmm. what I'm going back to right now. Mm -hmm. What about, have you sat down to watch Black Hole yet, Chaz? Oh, I did watch the Black Hole. Yeah, that was one of the early ones. That might be the second thing I watched on Disney Plus. Really, I haven't. Might be I haven't the first. sat down and watched it yet. I think I watched it twice on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching a lot of stuff. Oh, it's wow. so weird. I started rewatching all of Boy Meets World. I'm almost done with the whole show. Nice. Oh, I, now that has been played a lot in the house. I started rewatching Hannah Montana. Mm. Uh, that also. I'm to think. What else? Moana, obviously, because. Well, uh, Remember the Titans is one of the first things I watched. Remember the Titans and the Rookie, because I love both of those. Remember, and the Miracle. Rookie's on there. I haven't even noticed that that's on there. I didn't know that was Disney. Mm-hmm. Not Rookie of the Year. Well, Rookie of the Year is on there. No, but I'm the talking rookie. about the Rookie with Dennis Quaid. Yeah, that's a Disney movie. Wow. Yeah. And I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I watched Sound of Music. So, oh, I watched know. the first episode of Tron Uprising, which is actually the second episode. They yeah, don't have the first episode on there. They don't, don't have the pilot on I, there. Yesterday, I found a playlist. I don't know if it's popping up for other people, but I found a playlist that said 
20 essential episodes of the Clone Wars, I think, to get you ready for the Clone Wars mm-hmm. returning. Nice. So nice. I've been watching that list. I'll have to, oh, wow. That playlist was on Disney Plus? Yeah, it was on, it, as I was scrolling through, I was scrolling down through stuff, you know, mm-hmm. it's like Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. And it said 20 essential Clone Wars episodes. And I was like, what? Oh, man, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, so I've been watching a lot of Clone Wars, trying to get ready for the new season. Let's see, what else? Oh, I did watch live-action Lady and the Tramp. Yeah? Loved it. I started I started to watch it, um, and then I remembered I hate those cats, and so I had to turn it off. These oh. cats are really different than the other cats, though. They're not, you mean they're not stereotyping anybody? Oh, right. right. They're also really, really bad. Mm. Well, they're scary cats. They're really bad. There is a part in that movie, I don't know if you would have seen it yet, uh, but that I thought you would really like. Me? Yeah, there were some puppies. Did you see the puppies? Mm-mm. The puppies in the park? No, I hadn't. I didn't oh. see it. Okay. There's this part that I think you would really like. But okay. I have a one. We're going to do one-minute recaps. Okay. 60-second recaps. And so I have that on there to do. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, Noel. With Anna Kendrick. We watched Christmas that back movie. at Christmas, yeah. I loved oh, really? it. That was a cute little movie, yeah. That was good. And I don't know, there's just been a lot of really good stuff. I've liked a lot of the Disney Plus originals. And, you know, of course, going back and watching some older movies, we definitely need to make kind of like a conscious effort to watch the older stuff because I keep watching all the new episodes of the new Disney Plus originals. Well, I think, I think the idea is is that you know that stuff is there for like movie night with the family or something like that and then you know like for me i have the intention of going back and watching something like the black hole it's been 20 years since i've seen that movie and i remember it being very slow and trotting and and boring but i still want to go back and and watch it and put myself through that anyway and there are other movies that i'd like to see um you know that i just hadn't seen in years or that i've never seen at all you know uh, I know that if I turn on the Witch Mountain movies, my wife is in 100%. Oh, yes. You know, they don't have Watcher in the Woods in there, so that's good. That's what? good. Yeah. That's not there? No, because you know why? Ooh. They realize we don't want to put something like this on this and ruin our sh- our, our, our our streaming service. Dude. <laughs> Watcher in the Woods. I've been Woods. watching the new Muppet Babies. Oh, have you really? Mm-hmm. Do you like them? I love it. It's cute. I hadn't watched it because I feel like it's like a preschooler kind of thing. It is, but it's so cute. And I'm a and grown man. I did watch some gummy bears. We've watched oh, some duck tails. We've watched some tailspin. Everywhere. We've watched some Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Nice. Yeah, nice. we've watched some of all that. But it's fun just to get on there and watch it. And I would just like to say, like, if anybody did get Disney Plus to watch The Mandalorian, and then they were like, I don't know if I need this. You need it in your life. There's so much good stuff on there. Educate yourself. You know what you really need to watch? You need to watch 104 Days of Summer Vacation. That show lasts forever. Phineas and Ferb. Oh, yeah. What a fun show. Phineas and Ferb is a fun show. I'm not a Phineas and Ferb fan. What? 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 Yeah. I don't believe that. That surprises me, Teresa. I don't know. Triangle heads are weird. Okay. That's it's true. Uh, Teresa likes her cartoons hot. That's they right. They do. They do. <laughs> Isn't Wizards of Waverly Place playing on there? Oh, I love Wizards of Waverly Place. I believe sure that played is. throughout Christmas Vacation. Mm. 
I love Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah, I got an Apple TV for Christmas, and my daughter promptly turned it to Disney Plus and left it on the entire Christmas break. I did watch my Fly- Apple TV is the best. Yeah, I did watch nice. Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, oh, I, nice. I, I saw some people talking about that in the chat. It is a little dark. Like someone said, they don't remember it. Tenton says he doesn't remember it being dark as it is. It is a little dark. I mean, you're talking about a kid who travels to the future, and this was in a time of stranger danger, missing children, you know, scare, and then his parents like have to live with a missing child on their hands, you know, right. yeah. until he shows back up and he's the same age. In and it future. is kind of weird, yeah. yeah. But at least he makes it back. You know, he's willing to give up his life. He's willing to die. To make it back to his rightful time, which is pretty, you know, like that's pretty intense when mm-hmm. I was watching it. But he ends up with a little guy in his pocket for his pet. Can't lose. No. <laughs> a little happy, little happy thing. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Not creepy at all. No, no. But no, I loved, I loved Flight of the Navigator when it came out in the 80s. And, and I still liked it when I watched it the other day. I was like, this is good stuff. So, um, anyways. Uh, so... You've got some one-minute recaps for us, Teresa? I do. I have some 60-second recaps. And for anybody who's listening to this that's never heard these before, I don't script these. I just say, okay, you're going to do a 60-minute or 60-second recap, and whatever comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth. I get really nervous and scared, so they go a little all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) So. All right. You ready? Yeah. I just wish I could see the timer, but I can't. I'm sorry. So. Well, I can give you time cues if you want me to. Like maybe at 30 seconds left and then, or maybe no, just at like 15 seconds left. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Now, I don't want to ruin anything for either of you. Actually, you know what? I just don't care. Okay. So have you seen Frozen 2? I have not. No. Uh, Plug your ears, I guess. No, I don't. It's fine. I don't care. It doesn't matter. All right. Are, Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, Frozen 2, and go. Better than Frozen 1. I really like the music. There's an 80s theme song, which is really, really awesome. Uh, Anna deals with depression, which is really sad, but also really cool. Uh, Elsa rides a water horse. It's amazing. There are some trolls, but not a whole lot, which is kind of sad. Lots of reindeer. Kristoff finds another guy that liked reindeer just as he, much as he does, which is kind of weird. Uh, Anna and Kristoff get engaged, which is really, really awesome. I'm trying to think. We learn more about their parents. Also, the Little Mermaid tie-in thing that people were saying, not going to happen. Neither Tarzan, all those things. Uh, I'm trying to think. What else? Um, 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 it's really cute. Uh, I really like it. I don't know where am I at. I'm scared. Um, fifteen seconds. What else? What else? What else? What else? Um, uh, people die. Um, what? People die. So go ahead. Five people, seconds. People die, but then they don't die. But it, it's it's weird. And what is this? Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Time. And, Time. Ugh, it's good. You did a great job. I that mean, was, you had it out in thirty seconds. Really, the high you, points, you Teresa. It. Okay, it was good. All right, you ready? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Which one are we doing now? Toy, Toy Story, Story 4. 4. Ready? Okay, go. I got it. This one's... I don't even need that long for this one. But we'll go. Okay, ready? Go. I've, I've been going. You've got... Oh, it, okay. you're, yeah, you got uh, 50 seconds left. Forky, trash, toy, trash toy. Oh, I'm a toy. Because being a toy is like being trash. And now he understands. That makes sense if you've seen the movie. Uh... 
weird, creepy ventriloquist dolls, probably the scary, scariest part. Gabby Gabby, also kind of creepy, but then you find out she just wants to be loved, and she steals Woody's voice box. And, uh, yeah, Woody goes goes to be a lost toy with Bo, and it's pretty cool. And um, also, I didn't know the sheep were named Billy, Goat, and Gruff and their girls. I didn't know any of that. Uh, they drive around in a skunk. Um, Jesse can oh, 10 cause seconds. tires to go flat. Uh, you don't see enough of Rex. That makes me sad. Um, what happened to RC? And Tom. Okay. <laughs> okay. You win. What's that? You absolutely what? win. You what? sold me. I'm going to go watch Toy Story 4. Okay. That was such a cool description. I am so in. Is this an emotional movie or what? It it gets there. A little, it sounds yeah. like it. It does. It this does. It this is a there. winner. Thank you. All you right. just sold a movie. And finally, another one minute recap. Lady and the Tramp. You ready, Teresa? Yes. And go. Live action dogs talking is weird at first, but then you just get used to it. It's fine. Live action puppies talking perfect from the beginning jacques in this movie is actually jacqueline and she is one of the best characters also i just discovered in this movie that old reliable is trusty's nose didn't know that for forever i don't know if i was supposed to know that they didn't make that very clear ladies really really cute tramp is really cute all the dogs were dogs from like shelters and things like that they all got adopted after the movie which i just thought mm pull my heartstrings i really love everything about this movie i think it's really cute uh they go and they get the food with the spaghetti which is awesome they did a good job uh there's not a beaver though it's 10 seconds or was there i don't remember uh you should watch it it's good it's on disney plus oh also also biggest controversy of the whole film a lot of characters are black time which is cool time so hang on. Time. No, you no overtime. No overtime. No overtime. I will mute part. you. I will mute no. you. No, I'm muting you. No. <laughs> this is really important because I saw a lot of controversy about this online. Yeah. They made a lot of the human characters African American, which I thought was really cool. But people were flipping their lid because they were like, in this time frame, that wouldn't happen. And I'm like, shut up. Who cares? So that's my official stance on that. I'm curious about Jacqueline. What kind Jacqueline? of a dog is Jacqueline? A little. She's still schnauzer. a. She's still a. Uh, what is schnauzer. she? Oh, it's a Schnauzer. I thought it was a Scottish Not terrier. A oh, a Scottish a... terrier. Scottish terrier. Scottish yeah. Terrier. Okay. Jacqueline is not a Scottish name. Jacques no, is not a Scottish name. My point Jacques exactly. No more than Jacques. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they. She's really funny. She's really funny. She. I it, like. I did like the fact that like her owner keeps making her model for paintings and stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, when you said Jacqueline, I was like, I never really thought about Jacques before not mm-hmm. being French. Right. Did y'all know that Old Reliable was his yes. nose? Yes. Mm-hmm. No, in the movie, it's his grandpappy Old Reliable. No, it was well, his nose. What he, says. he says, like my grandpappy Old Reliable. Used Why to did say. I always think it was his nose? I don't know. People think I'm crazy because I didn't know it was his supposed to Maybe be. Maybe I'm the crazy one. In this movie, it's his nose? Yeah. Well, and I'm, listen, I'm sorry I'm eating a cookie on air. <laughs> <laughs> They're delicious cookies. And, um, Can't deny. 
In the original, he says, like my grandpappy, old reliable, used to say. I know. That's oh, okay. why okay, I didn't realize totally it. Well, no, it, it's not his nose. In the original movie, it's not his nose. It's his grandpappy. Why would he call his nose his grandpappy? And what would his nose say? Does he use it in context as as his nose is all reliable in the movie at nope. some point? Mm-mm. Not no, in the it's always one, in, it's well, always, I'm all confused. It's always in conversation. And he says, it's like my grandpappy, old reliable, used to say. Don't reckon I ever told you about old reliable. Yes, you have, trusty. And then at the end, he's talking to little puppies. He's like, it's like my grandpappy, old reliable, used to say. Well, don't reckon I've ever told you about old reliable. Well, no, you haven't, you Uncle Trusty. And then he's like, I plum forgot what he used to say. So he doesn't uh, he doesn't tell stories in the new one? He does, but he talks about old reliable, but it's different. Hmm. I'd have to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. So, I'll get back to you. All right. What else we okay, got going here? We do have some news about huge movie deals mm-hmm. that Disney and this is all just within like the last couple weeks here. So the biggest one that's new is that they have now signed a deal with Bruno Mars. Yes, They've, they're teaming up with Bruno Mars to do a new film that he will write music for, star in, and produce. Mm. So I'm actually really excited for that. The other one I'm actually really, really excited for is that they have struck a deal with Lin-Manuel Miranda to make Hamilton into a film. Hmm. I did see this. I saw this yesterday, I think. That's going to be awesome. And then the third one, this is the one that I am more excited about than both of those. National Treasure 3 is finally going to get made. I'm more of a treasure protector. Oh, no. Wait a second. What is National Treasure 3? Do we know? What is he going to be stealing? The Washington Monument? (laughs) I'm so excited. We're going to steal the Lincoln Memorial. I love National Treasure movies. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're great movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is the first one on uh, Disney Plus yet? Or is it coming? This month. I don't know. I need a look. That I don't know. I just know that the wasn't it just the second one was on just there the second one was on there, and there was something about the first one will be coming soon. Uh, I, like they yeah. had when it would be coming. Yeah. It may be as far out as June before it gets here, but uh, I do remember that. So National Three is coming. National Treasure Three coming, huh? Yes, I'm pumped. That's exciting. I know. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting for this for like ten years, or however long it's been. Mm-hmm. Okay, last bit of news. Upcoming Disney films coming to a theater near you. The first one I know we're all going to go see because it's got Harrison Ford in it. Call of the Wild, February 21st. Call of the Wild, nice. Call of the Wild with Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. February 21st. And a CGI dog. Is it? Yeah. Or is it a real dog? CGI. Are you sure there's not Real dogs don't talk. That are real dog? I'm telling you. I'll pull up the, uh, the trailer here. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not have you, have you seen the trailer? I have, but I don't. I also didn't know if there was like you know how some scenes might have a real dog and then some scenes are a CGI well, dog. Well, that's possible. I'm pretty sure he's CGI the whole time. It. It's, you think Harrison Ford would be okay with acting with just a CGI dog? Who cares? Because I don't think so. Who cares, kid? Look, as long as there's all a, right. Well, while you look, they for told that. me there's a dog there. I just said okay. <laughs> the movie Onward. <laughs> Is coming. That Mark is the speaks. that's like the the um, the the Pixar movie about the mythical characters and stuff. Correct. It's got Chris Pratt, uh, Spider Man, whose name just Tom Holland is his name. There we go, Tom Holland. 
So yeah, so that should be fun. I'm I'm really interested because the unicorns eat trash, and nobody likes the unicorns, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, this dog is 100% CGI. This dog is 100% CGI the whole time. Thank you, Eric. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow, it's weird. All right, Mulan, March 27th. I'm also excited for that. I am gonna miss the songs, but. It's okay. Wait, it's not doing the songs? No, but there's it no, looks... There's no, there's no music. It looks like an amazing... It looks epic. Movie. It looks yeah. absolutely yeah. epic. Yeah. And I think it's going to be really good because of the fact that they're not trying to fit in songs. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to make it a very samurai-type movie. Yeah, I think it's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. And then Black Widow is May 1st. Yes. And that looks like it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in Black Widow. And I haven't really talked about this on the Geek Out Loud. I'm interested in Black Widow wondering how... I feel like it's going to start out, open up with her in the soul realm after she's died. What? On on the on the planet where she's got... You think so? Mm-hmm. And then it'll be a flashback from there. Hmm. To the time between... Uh, Infinity War and um, Endgame. Looks like she may be either that or between Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. It's going to be... Hmm. It may be between Age of Ultron... I mean, yeah, maybe between Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron. Or so, Age of Ultron and Civil War. One of those two. So your uh, brother from another mother said we should watch Togo with Togo. William Defoe. On Disney Plus, I haven't seen it. Is it a Disney Plus movie or is that like? It's a Disney Plus movie. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I should check that out. To go with William Defoe. To go. <laughs> That's how I like to get my food sometimes. To go. Yeah, isn't that what it's about? He, he takes a dog sled through a uh, drive-through. Through a drive-through, he takes a dog sled and uses it as his lunch. It's the untold true story. Oh jeez. Here's the question: What's the movie about then? A dog. No, if the if the true story is still untold, yeah. what's the movie about? It's uh, it's like, hey, there's an untold true story here, but we're not going to tell you what it is. So, all right, well, that's uh, listen. There's some good stuff coming up, I think, from Disney. Oh, loaded coming down the pipe. Uh, okay, okay, I'm excited so, about the news so of Mulan, said, though. That's good. We if can... you know the story of the sled dog Balto, this is the true story. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. Isn't Balto animated? Yes. I've never seen it. Oh, really? Mm-mm. It's not a Disney movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Okay. Well, Togo ran most of the, the race. Togo Balto. Balto. Just, he ran the last leg. Togo Balto. Uh-huh. Isn't there another movie out there about sled dogs? Yeah, Eight, that... eight Below? No, no, no. This is Well, yes, but no, this is actually a, a movie where they are actually doing like the... Iditarod? The Iditarod. Yeah. What movie is that? Sled Dog Movies. Eight Below Snow Dogs? No, not Snow Dogs. Snow Dogs is like kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This is a serious movie. It's like a drama. Call of the Wild? White Mm -hmm. Fang? Is it White Fang? Maybe it is White Fang. Because, I mean, I was watching it when I was a kid. When did White Fang come out? I don't know. 91. That must be it then. Wait a second, you that were a kid in ninety one. Who's in who's in White Thing? Hold on. Um your mama? 
Um, no. Oh, come on. It is uh, starring is it, Ethan Hawke. I was going to say, is that Ethan Hawke? Mm-hmm. I'm just looking I at think, the picture. Okay, that must be it. That must be the one I see in my head. In 1896, it's well, it, it's not really, it's in it's, 1896 it's, during the Klondike Gold Rush, a young exploring Jack Conroy arrives in Alaska from San Francisco. I was going to say, that's not the Iditarod. Mm-mm. Conroy meets tow mushers named Clarence, Skunker Thurston, and Alex Larson. So they are, they do have dog sleds, but they're not running the Iditarod. Okay, what are, are there any that are running the Iditarod? I think I White Thing is in my head, though, so I think I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I've seen it. But is that one a Disney movie? Are you thinking of Iron Will? Maybe. What do we know about Iron Will? Iron What's Will Iron stars uh, Mackenzie Aston, Kevin Spacey. Um, it what is year? about uh, Will Stoneman's father's killed in a mushing accident, falling into a frozen river, leaving Will to care for his family. Needing money for college and to save the family farm in South Dakota, Will decides to take part in an international dog sled race that his father would have entered to save the farm. After a, ri- after a month of rigorous physical and mental and spiritual training from farmhand Ned Dodd, Will travels to Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada to enter the race. The race's main official, J.W. Harper, reluctantly allows him to pay in order to race. That might be it, too. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I've seen a lot of snow dog movies. 1994. That, see, those were right. Both of those are right in and that And this would have frame. been a Disney movie. That Disney was a pictures. Disney movie? Yeah, Disney yeah. Pictures. Then, I, then that's it. Okay. It's what was Disney it called? Plus. Iron, Iron Will. Will. Is it on Disney is Plus? It, is that on Disney Plus? <laughs> it, it's showing up for me. <laughs> cool. All right. I know what I'm going to watch when we're done here. All right. Well, Teresa's going to watch Iron Will. Will. What are the rest of you going to watch? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe what were the movie we're about to talk about? Oh, I've also watched the uh, the Rocketeer on Disney Plus lately. I didn't realize the Three Musketeers on Disney Plus. What a fun movie. Whoa, ugly. <laughs> That's my favorite. Wait a moment, there's four of them. <laughs> All right. Um so yeah, let's get into talking about the old uh the old incredibles. How about that? Let's do that. Let's do let's do that. Um we'll do that right now. Let's let's do that. How about that? Let's do that. We're gonna do it. I promise. It's happening. Do you need a Klondike bar? No, we're gonna do it. It's, we're going to talk about it. Where's the volume? <laughs> Wrong volume. There it is. Trying to put on his belt. Honey, come to dinner. I can't come to dinner. I've got the red. I gotta go. Maybe just a salad. And, uh, yeah. Oh, some rice cakes. <laughs> he hit the desk trying to put that belt on. Oh, gee. 
the buckle preview. popped off. Yes. Yeah, great preview. Save the day, November 5th, 2004. Yeah. Woohoo! All right. What do I play now? Short films. Short films. All right. Short films. Short films bumper. Short films. Back to Stephen Teresa with some information on short films. Yay! What hap what's happening? All right. That wasn't Ooh. a short film. That was a short song. Yeah, that's very short. <laughs> Okay, so the short film that debuted with The Incredibles is Bounden. Oh, Bounden! The 2003 Pixar short film, and obviously... <laughs> what? <laughs> Something's up. It's like, what else would it be? Right. A DreamWorks short film? That's right, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh... <laughs> That's right, Trace, you got it. This is the Why? one with the rabbit, isn't it? Yeah, it's the sheep. The sheep, that's right. And there's a hare, and he like gets shaved, you know, and he loses all of his confidence, and he learns about dancing and being mm. confident, even though he's been sheared, and he doesn't have his fluff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know all about that. Bounden's good, and you can probably see it on Disney+, Plus because they do have the volumes mm -hmm. of the... Pixar animated short film, so you can check out Bounden. I don't know which one it's in. I'm sure I can find out for us. Or it's going to be. They actually, you can just search for it, and it's there. You can find it. Is it on, volume one? Or you can just search. You for can Bounden search for Bounden. Yeah, and it shows up. That's good. I'm glad. So yeah, Bounden's cute. It won an Annie Award in 2004 for best animated short subject, and it was nominated for the 2004 Academy Award, but it didn't win. Now, what did it lose to? Don't ask me because I didn't look it up. The short film, the 2004 <laughs> short film Academy Award winner. Yeah, I didn't look it up. There were other things I always anticipate. What is Steve? Steve's gonna ask me, you know? And then I don't look it up. Let's see. Two, it was two soldiers. Two soldiers. That was live, but that's live action. Short film animated. Sorry. Harvey Crumpet. Okay, I don't know what that is. It's by the people who did um, Wallace and Gromit. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Jeffrey Rush. Now, there are a couple of Easter eggs in this particular short film. There's an arm that apparently grabs the lamb. I need to go back and yeah. watch it. I didn't have a chance before we watched this. Yeah, it and apparently that arm belongs sheared. to the dentist from Nemo. Come on. <laughs> And then the fish in the short film are based on Gurgle from Nemo as well. Oh, now i got to look at them. I know. The I need beginning. to go back and watch it now. Now that I've, I've... But I didn't have time before we were recording. Oh, how cool. Yes, yes. So that is Bounded. And the sheep, when he is shorn, looks like a floppy-eared Yoda. Pink Yoda. <laughs> really, <laughs> really ugly little guy. <laughs> He should lose all his confidence because he oh, is he did. ugly. He, he, you know, mm. he lost his Elvis too that he had going on at the beginning. He looks like my wife's dog when we get him groomed. Oh my gosh! 
All right. So what do I play now? History. Oh, okay. Where is the history bumper? There it is. And here's Teresa with some history. Everything there is to know about the castle. Oh, well, actually, I, uh, yes, I do. As you can see, the pseudo facade was stripped away to reveal a minimalist Okay, so The Incredibles, it premiered on October 27, 2004 at the BFI London Film Festival. And then its general release was in the U.S. on November 5th, 2004. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. It's, so does that make it a Thanksgiving release? It does make it a Thanksgiving yeah. release. Yes, I guess. So it did well at the box office. It did $633 million worldwide in its original theatrical run. It was re-released in 3D, I think. Was it 3D? I think it what? was in 3D. Really? I think so, yeah. yeah I don't remember that at all. It was re-released, and then... Uh, yeah, so it, you know, it has some other numbers, but in its original theatrical release, it did $633 million. And let's see... It had the highest opening weekend gross for a Pixar film, but it was that was broken in 2010 by Toy Story 3. Okay, do and you it, know why it had the highest opening gross of a Pixar film at that point? No. Because do you? It, I do. Because it came attached to a trailer for another movie. Mm. It came attached to the Revenge of the Sith teaser, the first Revenge yep. of the Sith trailer. Okay. That's why okay. I went to see it. Okay. And then and then I got mm. a great movie that I wasn't prepared for. And let's see. Mm. So that, that this probably plays into it too. It was the highest November opening weekend for a Disney film. That was broken in 2013 by Thor the Dark World. Mhm. Well, let's and... not count Disney films as Marvel films even though they own them. Yeah. Like <laughs> let's just say this is the That's highest grossing fair. Disney film in November. Right. Okay, so Brad Bird, who did this particular film, he was Pixar's first outside director. He developed the film as an extension of the 1960s comic books and spy films that he liked as a kid. Mm -hmm. And he pitched the film to Pixar after the box office disappointment of his first film, Iron Giant. All right, now this is surprising for me to hear, is that Iron Giant was a box office failure. failure? It was a flop. What? Yeah, we need to find the numbers. I didn't actually... I, I got you. I'm the worst. Shaz, Shaz will pull that up. Shaz, our researcher Shaz Bazaar will pull that up. Um, I, I'm just really surprised because that is a much beloved movie nowadays. Amazing I movie. mean, it's a cult classic. Well, cult classics often are bombs. That's true. That is yes. true. True. So let's see. So I have it here. Worldwide, it did $23.1 million. Wow. Man, my computer hasn't... It only did... It only did... It did most of it here. Internationally, it only did $19,000. 19000 Yeah, 19920 Its budget was... Is that three? Is a hundred three zeros? That's a thousand, a thousand. Its budget was $70 million. Wow. And it only did $23.1 million. So, yeah, guys, that was a flop. 
that blows my mind because people love that movie. Floppity flop, flop, flop. Huh. So he pitched it to Pixar, and Lasseter convinced him to come over to Pixar, and he brought some of his staff, a lot of it actually, that worked on Iron Giant to do The Incredibles. Now, the biggest thing that I found about this movie is that the animation team, as we all know, they were te- they were animating their first all-human cast. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge, apparently, technological feat because animating people versus animals or creatures is a lot harder. Mm-hmm. So it required them to create a bunch of new technology to animate human anatomy, clothing, realistic skin and hair. And it was so, it was so hard for them that they wanted to, they were trying to get bird to like cut corners in all kinds of areas. And he refused. He was like, no, we're not going to, we're going to figure it out. And apparently it made a lot of people very, very nervous because they were having to spend a lot of money in order to figure all of this out. And then what if it wasn't a success? So we're going to talk a little bit about more of that in a minute. Uh, It was written and directed completely by Brad Bird. This was a departure from the previous Pixar productions. They typically had two or three directors and as two or three screenwriters and all that. Now, creating an all-human cast, like I just said, required creating new technology uh, although, so the technical team had some experience with hair and cloth from Monsters, Inc., the amount of hair and cloth required for The Incredibles had never been done by Pixar at that point. Mm. So, Bird would tolerate no compromises for the sake of technical simplicity. He was like, nope. And in comparison, the technical team that worked on Monsters, Inc. had persuaded Pete Doctor to do pigtails for Boo so it would be easier for them to animate. And Bird was like, no, we're not doing that. And specifically with the character of Violet, Mm -hmm. she had to have long hair that would obscure her face for Mm -hmm. her character development. It was, as you guys know, I mean, it was very integral to her character. Right. So it was extremely difficult for them to animate that. And it was only successful towards the very, very end of production. And so they were getting really nervous. And then in addition to that, they had to figure out a way to animate hair underwater and blowing in the wind. So they figured it out. They really did. I mean, I'm thinking of of the scene where where, uh, Dash's hair gets blown Mm -hmm. real quick. You know, it's Dash. And that's that's impressive. Uh, I think your information's incorrect. Bird did compromise. They had to add a scene to the movie because of it. The uh, uniforms originally had capes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so somebody came in, and, and uh, a whole character was made after this This person on the staff said, no capes. Is that a true story? No, it's not a true no. story. I'm going to say that belongs in fun facts. That's, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they would have, but it wasn't true. <laughs> fun techno-retro facts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so... Thinking back on it now, when you think about it, it's like, wow, that must have been really hard. So, because we're talking, okay, they're animating this, what, like 2000 to 2003 probably? Yeah. Somewhere around there. We've talked about 
animating hair on this show before, mm -hmm. and we've talked about the complexity of it. And most of that comes from the Frozen films and Moana and them developing that technology. And that's way after this. Well, I, I think Sully and Monsters, Inc. Yeah, but it doesn't move the same way as human hair. No, but it's got huge amounts of movement. And that was stellar. Mm -hmm. You know, so imagine longer hair and human mm -hmm. hair, mm -hmm. you know, if, if to make it look right. And it's got to be at least that good. It's going to take a lot more effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the film was released on both VHS and two disc collectors edition DVD on March 15th of 2005. The DVD set included two newly commissioned Pixar short films, Jack, Jack, Tack and Mr. Incredible and Pals, which were made specifically for this home video release. And Bowden was on there, of course. The VHS release only featured the short Bounden. It didn't have Jack-Jack Attack or oh Mr. Incredible and Pals. It's awful. It was the highest selling DVD of 2005 with 17.38 million copies sold. The film was also released on UMD for the Sony PSP. I had a PSP. Nope. There you go. I don't know if I had this movie, but I had a PSP. Oh, Gamer Teresa over mm -hmm. there. <laughs> Disney released the film on Blu-ray in North America on April 12th, 2011, and on 4K UHD Blu-ray on June 5th, 2018. And this marked Disney's first 4K Blu-ray reissue on that particular format. Um, so, oh, incredible. Go Incredibles. Is that when they released the 3D version on, on Blu-ray? Do you know? I don't know. Seems like that's about right. Seems like it's a Probably. couple years ago. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. All I know is it's on the shelf. Okay, so the film won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, beating out two DreamWorks films, Shrek 2 and Shark Tale. Yeah, it should have won. Because Shark Tale is not great. And no. Shark 2. Right. That's true. All right, it also won the Best Sound Editing Academy Award. And it also received nominations for Best Original Screenplay for Writer-Director Brad Bird and Best Sound Mixing. Didn't win those, but it was nominated for those. Okay. You can ask me who actually won. I don't know. I don't know. Those, that, those, those little things, I don't. Okay. It was Pixar's first feature film to win multiple Oscars. Wow. So that's cool. The film was also... Or the film it received the 2004 Annie Award for Best Animated Feature. Mm -hmm. It was nominated for the Golden Globe for that same year for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Mm -hmm. It won the Saturn Award for Best Animated Film. Makes sense. The, uh, you know what? I'm curious. It was nominated for the Golden Globe, but it didn't win. Yeah, but it was under Musical or Comedy, and that category ends up being so, so broad, broad yeah. with the golden globes that you know you don't know what it was it eternal sunshine of the spotless mind mm -hmm. the incredibles the phantom of the opera and ray well probably I... either ray or phantom of the opera won that don't ray. you reckon ray won, ray won it okay. jamie fox the ray charles movie yeah. oh, ray I charles biopic yeah. yeah yeah that was a good movie 
I'm, I'm thinking. But see, this Ray movie Skywalker. doesn't belong in the same category as a Ray. Like, I'm no, sorry. It, no, that's not a good, good yeah. com- comparison. Okay. The American Film Institute nominated The Incredibles for its top 10 animated films list. And we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. It was included on Empire's 500 Greatest Films of All Time at number 400. Fantastic. Now, this is the the following award is the one that I think is really cool. It was the first entirely animated film to win the prestigious Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation. Mm-hmm. Hugo, what, Mr. Incredible. Yeah. What is a Hugo Award, may you say? Well, I do know now yeah. after I looked it up, and this is why I think it's really cool. The Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation is given each year for theatrical films, television episodes, or other dramatized works related to science fiction or fantasy released in the previous calendar year. Originally, the award covered both works of film and of television, but since 2003, it has been Best Dramatic Presentation, long Mm. form and short form. The Dramatic Presentation Awards are part of the broader Hugo Awards, which are given every year by the World Science Fiction Society for the best science fiction or fantasy works and achievements. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Because it went up against, you know, it was in the long form category. So it went up against all kinds of probably really cool sci-fi stuff. And it won. So this was one of the, I mean, this was... Let's see, in 2004, we were waiting on Revenge of the Sith, and we'd come through. I don't remember what was out that year, but I mean, you were starting to get a superhero movie at least every year by that time. So 2004, yeah, you would have. Yeah, so that kind of stuff would have been been around in a big, bad way. And I was telling what it was up against, but well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. This was, it was, I mean, it's a fantastic movie. It was packed, packed with a bunch of Easter eggs, Teresa. Yeah. A lot of lot of Easter eggs in this bad boy, so let me mark that as next, and uh, and play that bumper. Welcome to Steve not knowing what he's doing anymore. I can't find it anywhere. The other way, dear. Yes, of course. I'm getting warmer any second now. We've looked everywhere. Where are they? I found it. I found it. Oh, you found it. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Pixar Easter eggs. Pixar Easter eggs. I love how everybody that makes us bumpers gets a, a really sultry voice. <laughs> <laughs> They're not like Pixar Easter eggs. They're always like Pixar Easter eggs. <laughs> okay, so the Toy Story Easter egg in this movie, the Rock'em Sock'em robots from Toy Story 2 are on Bob Parr's, in his office. In his office. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the A113 number. Mm-hmm. So yes. this is the room number in Syndrome's lair. They don't, you don't see it. It's only mentioned by Mirage. Also, the prison level where Mr. Incredible is held is level A1 in cell number 13. Okay. Nice. A1 and 13. Um, so Elastorol looks at the computer. She sees level A1, and then there's a diagram, and the higher car- column is labeled 13. Okay. John Ratzenberger is, is the, the underminer. 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 All right, the Luxo Ball. Uh, it is just in the short film Jack Jack Attack. It's not in the actual movie. Oh, okay. 
references to Monsters, Inc. The fish mobile found in the... Well, they're just kidding. That's not supposed to be there. Mm-mm. That's from the last one we did. There's no references to Monsters, Inc. in this one. <laughs> <laughs> not that you found. Are there any references to Incredibles in this one, Teresa? Uh, nope. Yep. <laughs> There's not. <laughs> See, I have these categories in here because they're in, like, all the other movies. I understand, yeah. Okay. All right, now for Cars, Mm -hmm. because they always put the movie coming next in the movie, when the Incredibles and Frozone fight against the Omnidroid, there's a non-anthropomorphic Doc Hudson that can be seen parked in the background, and it survives being crushed or broken from the fight. Cue all the fan theories about Cars being a post-apocalyptic film. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and then there's a reference to Wally in a modified version of the sequence with Bob's new vintage sports car. Wally is seen in the garage. Oh wow! Huh. Yep. What do you mean in a? What does that mean in a modified version of the sequence? I don't know. Okay. I just found it online. I don't know. All right. Well, you know, as as always with all of these things, maybe the original release was different than later releases. Well, with maybe. all these things, here comes my wife's favorite segment of the show. Wait. Fun facts. Say it proud and geek out loud. It's fun facts. All right, Teresa. Fun facts. Okay. Syndrome was originally written as a minor villain. Yeah. He assaults Bob and Helen at the beginning of the movie, only to die in an explosion that destroys the par's house. In this version, they were called the Smiths Mm -hmm. at the time. But he was made the th- main villain because the filmmakers liked him more than the character of Xerix. All right. The snug character that Helen talks to at the phone in the final film was intended to fly Helen to Nomanizen Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I don't know how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was supposed to die, but he was removed from that position, and they decided to just have Fel- Helen pilot it herself. Yep. Okay. The Incredibles was the first Pixar film to be scored by Michael Giacchino. And that's going to come up momentarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Several film reviewers drew precise parallels between the film and certain superhero comic books like Powers, Watchmen, Fantastic Four, and The Avengers. Yep. 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 I figured you guys would know more about that than I would. Uh, The producers of the 2005 adaptation of Fantastic Four were forced to make script changes and add more special effects because of similarities to The Incredibles. Yes. In, that's true? Yeah. In fact, the a lot of people will say that the best Fantastic Four movie that's been made is The Incredibles. <laughs> I think I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, like, sincerely, because, like, they, you know, for whatever reason, people feel like the other two movies have fallen flat in big ways, and The and Incredibles... that other Fantastic Four movie that never got released. Right. And The Incredibles, of course, uh, just did that family dynamic of a superhero family really, really well. So With Elastigirl, no less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was Pixar's first film to be rated PG mm. for action violence. For action really? violence. Yeah. yeah. I have some more. I just didn't feel like typing them. Okay. Okay, let's see. The original title of the film was The Invincibles. <laughs> the production code name was Tights. So like the the secret code, like Blue Harvest. Right, I got you. Okay. So it was originally conceived as a 2D cell animation. So in the credits, that's all of the mock-up work that was done. Oh, wow. Okay. 2D cell animation movie. 
Metroville was named for Metropolis and Smallville. Nice. And its architecture is based on the 1950s Googie. What is that? Googie. It's Space a 50 50s... style used in bowling alleys and diners of the era. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mr. Incredible's civilian name was originally Bob Smith. <laughs> I um, like this next one. Bomb Voyage was originally named Bomb Perignon. <laughs> <laughs> it was changed because the champagne ma maker wouldn't allow it. <laughs> uh, Samuel L. Jackson was cast as the voice of Frozone because Brad Bird wanted the character to have the coolest voice. It's like, I want it. Okay, the I'm just getting a drink scene is a reference to Die Hard with a Vengeance. What is that a reference to in there? I'm just... Um, so it's drink. because I guess Samuel L. Jackson's character, since he was the voice of Frodo, Frozone, is in like a very similar circumstance in Die Hard with a Vengeance. I, I, I know, I, I know. I'm just trying to think of what happened in Die Hard with a Vengeance, where he's there and he's just. I'm trying to think. I'm of that just I don't know. going to out. get. Hey, Greg, yep. come over here. Oh, we're going to ask Greg. He's I a Die Hard. Oh, well, he's I a love, di he's I love die, die, die Hard, die hard well. fan. I mean, yeah, I like Die Hard as well. I just hadn't seen with a Vengeance in a while. Okay, so the scene in The Incredibles where he says, I'm just getting a drink, is a reference to Die Hard with a Vengeance. Do you remember that? With Samuel L. Jackson? Do you remember the circumstances? No. Uh, no, no nope. I don't remember. Fail. No. Yeah, that was bad. He doesn't remember. Wah, wah, wah. That's all right. That's all right. No, none of us remember it either. All right. Mr. Sansweet is named to for Steve Sansweet. Oh. Handles. We yeah. all know who Steve yeah. Sansweet is. Uh, Bird casted Sarah Vowell to voice Violet after hearing her talk on This American Life. So, <laughs> this seems cruel, but Brad Bird made voice actor Spencer Fox run laps in the studio <laughs> for an out-of-breath voice for Oh, for nice, yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. So, the My Greatest Adventure mm -hmm. line... Um, was a DC comic series featuring a four-member superhero team called Doom Patrol. Okay. Or Doom Patrol, yeah. Doom Patrol. Everyone knows Doom Patrol. Let's see. Edna is based on Disney Studio costume designer Edith Head. Looks very similar, too. Mm-hmm. And then Brad Bird, of course, of course, voices Edna Mode. They oh, had trouble funny. finding someone that he liked, so he just did it himself. That's great. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, when Mr. Incredible comes home from saving civilians from the burning building, he hums the Incredibles theme. I need to rewatch this to see to hear that. I'm yeah. sure it's true. <laughs> Let's see. The Pixar animators modeled Syndrome after Brad Bird. He does look a little like Brad Bird. I hadn't doesn't thought he? of that, but I can yeah. see it now in retrospect. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay, Holly Hunter, the voice of Helen Parr, or Elastigirl, learned military flight terminology to give the flying scene authenticity. They couldn't just write it in the script? Maybe she just wanted to. Okay. All right, The Incredibles contains 35 explosions, 189 buttons being pressed, and approximately 640 gunshots. 640 gunshots? That's pretty crazy. That's a PG. Wow. That 639 PG. would have been a G. Wow, that's some good stuff. <laughs> the Incredibles stuff. mark such strong similarities to the Fantastic Four that the mm -hmm. 2005 Fantastic... Oh, we already said that. Yeah, we've yeah. talked Here about we that already. We already talked about that. So now, before... I know Shaz has got to go here. Shaz has got to roll. Has got to hit the road. 
Before you do, I want to I want to jump ahead of talking about some of the other stuff in the film, Teresa, and talk about the music really quickly, because mm-hmm. this was I think the first time I was aware of Michael Giacchino. Giacchino. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, in watching this film, uh, because I remember being taken back by the music, like, wow, this is really a cool. Like I thought it was a really cool vibe, a really cool soundtrack. I like the feel of this whole movie. So let's give you a taste of that, everybody. Right there. Awesome. Real jazzy sound, you know, it'll be... Now, now, Shaz, you were saying that it sounds like another song. Vehicle. Vehicle. Is that by Ides of March? I think it's by Ides of March. Yeah, it's Ides of March. But okay. Jim, uh, Peter, Peter Nick. I have no idea. Attorney. Let's let's give Attorney. this a listen and see if it, it comes up quick in the song. I turned up the wrong thing. There we go. Yeah, there it is. Straight up. I think Dave Dollar turned me on to that. Okay. Dave Dollar of the Deuce Cast. I mean, it really does kind of have oh, the same vibe and everything. But that's Five the thing. Points. This has a more of a little bit of a funk groove, little dirt. It's a little dirtier, yeah, yeah. you know, a little grittier than than the than the kind of jazzed up, little it, cleaner. Yes, you know, different, little... different, different genre, but the same same uh, interval. Now, a lot of you are going to recognize this part of the song in a minute. All right, so we're all familiar with that. Well, Teresa, I'm happy to announce that we have Shaz. I don't know why you came armed with this. Is this what did you do this particular? I did deal this for, for uh, Red Hot Superheroes back in 2014, maybe on the Techno Retro on Dads. Techno Retro Dads. And so Shaz actually came armed with a parody of that song, Teresa. Uh, I happen to have my whole external hard drive with me. Based on, <laughs> based on, The Incredibles. So, nice. so here is a, a parody of Vehicle um, called Incredible, and it's by our own Shaz Bazaar. Yeah, I'm a superhero all dressed in red, red in the little tiny, tiny car. car. I'm an insurance adjuster, I'm a feminine man, but I'm reaching for the highest star. I'm incredible, baby. I'm a good man in a little world. I'm incredible, woman. And I'm in love with the last of girls. Cause I love ya. I need ya. Like red hot sun in the summertime. I'm a techno retro dad and I love you. <laughs> I love that. I'm in love with the last girl. <laughs> You I'm an insurance you know adjuster. That, that was my wife's name. Huh? I love it. That's awesome. Shaz, thank you so okay, much, it's man. Great, it's great been trip. a great time. Thank you for being here. I Sorry know I got to leave so early, it's but all right. Sunday comes early. That's right, man. Have a great, have a safe trip home. Let me know you make it okay. All right. So, all right. You will be podcasting till I get home. I'll, probably. Possibly. Poss- possibly. 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 Great to talk to you, Teresa. Bye. <laughs> Someone had muted her microphone. No. <laughs> Someone took her drugs and she's now getting loopy with her pain meds. That is not true. I'm just taking ibuprofen. Okay. Hey, everybody, keep contributing. 
Contributing. Text your friends. We'll give Let you a, them know. We'll give you an update real quick, Shaz, before you go. We've We're gotten at some more progress. 2605. Yes. So thanks to Chris Steiner, who, uh, whose book, uh, by the way, um, it's called Blood Oath, uh, The Cursed. You can find it at Amazon, Blood Oath, colon, The Cursed. And in there, he has characters named for me. He has references to some of the podcast stuff in years gone by. So grab awesome. it up for him. And he says here he will um, make an additional donation on Monday with any profits that may pop up between now and then. So if you want to uh, to, to support one of your friends in the Goloverse and also support this, you can uh, head over to Amazon and look for Blood O's Cursed. For those of you in the chat, I'll give you a link there. And you can check it out. Shaz, thank you so awesome. much, my friend. All right. We'll see Be safe, brother. Take care. All right. So Shaz Bazaar is headed out, and I, I, I will just wave and salute and uh, hug from a distance. The Mandalorian salute. And, uh, and now, Teresa, you and I, here we are. And, uh, and safe travels to Shaz Bazaar. So, Teresa, you with me now? I am. Okay, great. So, The Incredibles. You love this movie. I do love this movie a lot. It's it's. I like this movie, but at the time when it came out, I wasn't as into superhero stuff as I am now. Mm -hmm. And even then, like if you were to put it on a scale, you know, of like ten or at the top is Star Wars and Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Superhero stuff is probably like seven, eight-ish, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because there's so much in the world with superheroes from the comics and everything, and it can be a little overwhelming mm -hmm. at times. And so when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, for example, I know what's in the MCU, and that's pretty much all I know. Right. Because there's just way too much, and I don't feel like trying to figure it out. Yeah. And so... I like superheroes, but I think something that I liked about this movie is that you didn't have to know anything about particular superheroes to understand it. Mm -hmm. They give it to you all from the beginning. So it's just, it's not as hard to follow, Yeah, you know? Well, in 2004, by the time you hit 2004, when, uh, when this movie came out, you're talking about we'd, we'd had everything from... The first Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 had come out. Hellboy, I mean, they made it all the way to like a Hellboy movie, for crying out loud. Catwoman was that year, which was a terrible, terrible movie. Um, but you just, and on TV, you had Smallville rolling. You know, the superhero genre was making, a, was making its presence known in a really big way. And there had already been some tropes of superhero movies established. And one of the things that this movie did so well is it began to kind of turn those on its head a little bit, but still also lean into them. Because from the outset, you have the hero doing a heroic thing and then being punished for it. You know, the, the, the whole saving the man who was trying to, um, you know, or the whole situation, this wasn't saving the man trying to kill himself. This was, um, he does this whole thing where with the bomb, with bomb voyage and everything, every, just all the stuff that goes wrong. And then people start calling for their heads and they don't want them around anymore. It's just a, you know, and then they, and then superheroes are no more. They, they won't let superheroes be anymore and they have to all go into hiding and everything. And, and it becomes this great movie, not only about family and the importance of family, 
but also about living up to your calling and who you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so there there begins to be all these messages about, you know, be do and be what makes you special. Because, you know, if you're in and, and, and quite frankly, Dash says it, you know, if everyone's special, then nobody is. Or that's what syndrome says. When everyone's special, no one will be special. And so when they tell when they tell Dash, well, everyone's special, Dash says that's just a way of saying no one is, that kind of thing. So it's the idea of, yes, we all have something to offer. There is something special about all of us. But when it comes to, you know, being who you are, there is only one you. Mm-hmm. And and you do need to, you know, live out who you are and what your calling is and what and, and what your talents are. And, and when you try to keep that, when you try to hide that light under a bushel, so to speak, it can be a miserable existence as it is for for Bob Harris, for Mr. Incredible, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But also, in the midst of going after that, he does kind of neglect his family a little bit here and there, and um, and it becomes, you know, there's also that lesson of 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 the importance of family and all the stuff that goes along with that. Right, and your priorities. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, and what what truly what truly matters, and then also like homework balance. Right. Yeah. You know, which I mean, I think we all struggle with, but I definitely have been, you know, struggling with how much I work versus how much I'm at home and versus, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because you should be able to have your hobbies, but not at the expense of certain things at right. the same time, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But so when this movie came out in 2004, I had just graduated from high school and it was like my first year in college. And so I think that has part to play in it because I was really focused on some very serious things that I needed to do Mm -hmm. in order to get into some programs that I needed to get into to be successful in my career. And a lot of it also had to do with my grades that I had in classes. So I was very hyper-focused on Mm -hmm. school at the time. So that definitely plays into, as we've talked about with a lot of these movies, like where we were in life when they came out. And so I have a lot more respect for the movie now than I did then because, you know, I've had time. Right. <laughs> and time to watch it. But I can say my favorite thing about The Incredibles as a franchise is Jack-Jack. So <laughs> the second Incredibles movie, I am like 110% in because Jack-Jack's there. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, see, I, and I like Jack-Jack. I like Violet a yeah. lot, actually. Well, they did a great job of doing, you know, teenage girl, uh, you know, shy teenage girl without making her, because they really could have in 2004 leaned into, especially with her look and everything, leaned into emo teenage girl. And they didn't do that. You know, they they made her just a, a, you know, just a teenage girl with family stuff, boy stuff, you know, personal shyness and everything stuff that really played right into her right age and and made her accessible for everyone and and gave her a place in the family as as well as dash i mean you know dash is that hyperactive kid that's reflected in his superpower and um but he's also you know he's kind of a catalyst for for bob to be to you know to get out of the whole insurance game and you know not to mention his meeting with the uh with his boss and everything it's a it, it, all of the characters in this movie, I think, are really well done. 
Um, and they're not simply just, they're not one dimensional, you know, superhero trope type characters. Yeah. And one of the aspects I really like is that family dynamic and that you actually have both parents. Mm hmm. In a Disney movie. Uh, But you do get to see that conflict like between the parents and its effect on the kids and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then you get to see, as you were talking about earlier, them coming into the realization that they just need to be who they are. And if they are the supers like they are, then they wouldn't have nearly as many issues because a lot of the issues they have come from the fact that they're trying to suppress themselves. Right. And one of the other things they do, you talk about the fact that they kind of argue and stuff. One of the things they do in those arguments, uh, those those moments of argument, is they don't, it never becomes too vicious toward one another. Right. You know, they're, Elastigirl especially, she's fighting for their marriage. She's not fighting to be right. She's not fighting to be better than Bob. She's fighting for them to, to be on the same page. You know, and and what he is hiding is not some something tawdry or wrong that he's doing. He is just trying to keep her from knowing the fullness of you know because he's not supposed to be super. He's not supposed to be out there doing his thing. You know, he and and he, all he can see is a world that needs help, and he's kind of consumed with that. But also, there is the pride of being a superhero, but. You know, there's the, there's the moment where he's sitting in the in the office with his boss, and his boss is yelling at him to fire him. And he looks outside, and he sees a he sees a guy getting mugged, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Someone's out there and needs help." You know, that becomes his thing. He gives these people information that they shouldn't have in the insurance game because he wants to help them, and that's ultimately what his goal is: is is he wants to help. You know, and so. So all of the all of the things that go on, you know, whether it's an argument between Bob and Helen, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's him sneaking off and doing his thing, whether it's the kids doing that, it all comes from a place of wanting to do what is good and right. And so, it, so ultimately, when they're able to finally lean all lean into that together, it becomes this great moment of just like you're excited that it's happening, you're glad that it's going down. Yes. And I, I think when you were talking about, like, all he wants to do is help, I, it's true. But at one point towards the beginning of this movie, it's like at the expense of what, though? Mm-hmm. You know? And so, but again, that kind of goes back to the fact that they're all sort of, like, having to hide who they really are instead right. of just being able to just be. And unfortunately, that models kind of a lot of, you know, the culture and the world, which is that, you know, don't be your unique self because you're going to get judged for that, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's a whole message there. But the other thing I really like is that his best friend is just as conflicted as he is. Frozone. Right. <laughs> Frozone, yes. Yeah. Well, he, you know, here's the thing, though, about Frozone. I think Frozone, were it not for Bob's, um, for Mr. Incredible's influence, would be pretty content to do what he's doing. Yeah. You know, but but because he's got someone to kind of prod him on out of it, you know, he's going to get where's my super suit? He's going to get involved and uh and and be okay with 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 getting involved. You know, whether it's going out and listening to the to the scanner at night and that sort of thing. And he even tries to talk Bob out of it a little bit. Like, you know, yep. have you ever thought about let's actually go bowling? So 
it's you know he is that friend that is going to be there with him and do the thing but he's also that friend that would be like hey we could just be cool and not have to worry about anything mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah and can how is it that edna is still making superhero costumes even though there are no superheroes well like, I, she- <laughs> I i think what you've got in edna is someone who just designs clothes and fashion in general and so, and she had done superhero costumes and now that, you know, now in, in every, she still had all the right stuff she needed to do a costume. And so, and so the minute they, they're back around, she's like, okay, let's do this. You know, she's all in a hundred percent in. Yeah. I just, I, you know, what's funny though. I like Incredibles 2 so much more that when I'm thinking about the scene where Elastigirl goes to meet Edna, I see when she's designing the suit for the baby. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I, I, uh. Instead of the actual scene we're talking about. Right. Instead of when Bob goes and she gives him the cake yeah. speech. Yeah, the thing is, though, with that is, I, I, and I'm kind of different. I like the first one, I think, better than the second one. And I feel like the first one is more balanced in the cast time that everyone gets and the roles that everyone plays. Um, You know, the focus of the first one is Bob. The focus of the second one is Helen. But I feel like everyone kind of has a more well-defined role in what they're doing in this. and, and Mm -hmm. And the conflict within the family feels a little more real and that sort of thing, you know, but, um, but that's not to say I don't like the second one. I just, I, I prefer the first one over the second one. And I think, too, because for me, the first one was just a really good revelation. The first one was, like, such a surprise at how much I actually did enjoy it, you know? Yeah, I think that plays part of it, too, for you, is you went in because you wanted to see the Star Wars trailer, and then you come out of it enjoying this movie that you weren't expecting. Yeah, I mean, it became one of my favorite movies. I, I think this is my favorite Pixar movie, you know, is The Incredibles. Because it leans into the superhero thing. It plays into those things that I love about, you know, that I've loved since I was a kid. But it's also new and fresh. And it's something completely different than we've had, you know, before in in the superhero genre. It obviously takes inspiration from some things. But uh, but at the same time, it's something special and and fresh. Yeah, and I, I like Syndrome. Mm-hmm. as a villain a lot more than I like the villain that we had in Incredibles 2, which, right. of course, we'll get to Incredibles 2 in 20 years. But right. uh, I think Syndrome had much more of a reason to be upset in a villain. Like, his backstory is very true to that superhero villain backstory. Yes. You know, yep. I was... I was pushed aside. I wasn't viewed as special. I'm going to get back at you because you didn't care about me. Mm-hmm. You yep, know? For sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a great supervillain origin story. And, and the fact that he's a villain born out of fandom and obsession with Mr. Incredible. And he ends up being just kind of ignored by Mr. Incredible. And that, and that leads to I'm going to destroy Mr. Incredible, you know, is is a classic. You know, it's Lex Luthor being best friends with Superboy. It is it's that it's it, it's those same lines. It's along those same lines where there's a tie back to, um, you know, with the villain, a tie back to a link back to the superhero for the villain. 
and it and it really does work and his motivations come across you know great and and the idea of a supervillain who's going to take you down and make everyone in the world special which is not only going to you know cause you harm but it's going to end up harming the whole world because if everyone has access to something that would seemingly give them superpowers then even those who would do evil will have it and so now your job's just gotten you know infinitely harder mhm now you were talking about we were talking about kind of like those superhero tropes and all that and I went and I looked up Brad Bird to see what else he had done mm-hmm. that I would have recognized yep so he did Ratatouille, and mm-hmm. what's funny about that is that I really like Ratatouille a lot. Oh, yeah, Ratatouille's great. <laughs> it's so different from The Incredibles, which yep. I think is incredible. Well, Brad, uh, Bird, Brad Bird is a is a, is a a very creative dude, and yeah. um, there were some things that he was doing. I remember we were hoping that he would actually get his hands on a live action superhero movie at one point. Mm, and I yeah. can't remember what it was. Um, but you talk about, look, you, you talk about um, the iron giant. And, and I know that you, you seem to see, you seem to, it seemed like you hadn't seen the iron giant. I haven't seen iron giant. No. Um, dude, Brad bird, the, the iron giant is a great movie. It takes robots and alien stuff and turns it on its head. You know, the Iron Giant become he befriends a little boy and and uh and and it's just oh, it's so great. He puts an S on his chest to be Superman. It's it's a great movie that'll tug at your heart screen heartstrings. Um he also wrote the screenplay for Batteries Not Included. So I just saw that yeah. and Batteries Not Included is one of my favorite movies. Ever. Yeah, it's a fun little film about these alien little robots that show up. And, and then there's the baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also did some stories for the Steven Spielberg produced show back in the 80s called Amazing Stories, mm. which was kind of a more fanciful Twilight Zone kind of thing. You never knew if it was going to be funny or a little scary or, you know, just a kind of a life lesson kind of thing. Um, the biggest one I always remember of amazing stories was the guy who ended up being magnetic after a, uh, meteor shower hit. He was like the popular dude in high school and everything. And he got too close to this meteor and it made him magnetic. So all of the metal and stuff would always be pulled to him. And he was kind of like, he used it for his own gain a little bit and all this other stuff. Well, then it started to get out of control. And next thing you know, I remember just the end, he turns around and it's like the real, like, he's the super cool guy. He's kind of a jerk, you know, understand jock, jerk, all this stuff. Well, he turns around, and it's like the nerdy girl, um, you know, really weird, awkward, but has always had a crush on him, you know, and he's been mean to the whole time. She also apparently was caught up in the meteor situation, so she's magnetic, and the whole thing ends with them being pulled together by their magnetism and him like trying to fight and turn his head away. And she's just got this big grin on her face with her arms outstretched. Dragged oh into it. But that was amazing stories. There were little things like that. Mark Hamill was famous for his episode of amazing stories. Well, Mark Hamill's famous for being Luke Skywalker, but his episode was famous. He was the guy that had the toys that kept him for years and years or whatever. Um, 
So yeah, Brad Bird did some great things, you know, and and as I said, I know there were a lot of us who there was I forget what it was, but there was a superhero movie. I think it may have been Fantastic Four that we were like there was a lot of rumors going around like let give it to Brad Bird, give it to Brad Bird, mm. um, because you know how we like to pigeonhole people into doing of one course. thing as fans. But he also did Tomorrowland, which I think is an underrated movie. I agree. I was about to say that because I actually like Tomorrowland. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people didn't, um, but I did. I liked it. And some other stuff, he was an animator for Disney for a little while. Yes. Yep. So he participated in the Black Cauldron, Fox and the Hound, mm -hmm. um, some other things. So, you know, yes, definitely a very creative talent. I was just kind of curious where else I knew him from because I know him best from The Incredibles. Right. Um, apparently his son has also done some voiceover work. He was Squirt and Nemo, and he is also Tony in The Incredibles, okay. which is Violet's love interest yeah. as his son, Michael. <laughs> I want to revisit Brad Bird real quick. He also directed Mission Impossible 4, Ghost okay. Protocol. Yeah. So yeah. there that is. So, I mean, he definitely could do a live action. I wonder I wonder if he'll, they'll tap him for any new Marvel movies i think anything. i mean i think if he's got the vision and he and he'd be willing to do it i think he'd be great i think he'd be a great choice for one um yeah. it's it's he's he he's super talented very creative and it's not it's not like he has a super prolific career like it's very kind of the the stuff that he's had his hands in are, is actually all pretty good stuff which is you know not necessarily always par for the course for people in Hollywood, so. Horror. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so this... who is who's your favorite character? Oh wow, um, I I really do. I I just like the whole family. I like the Incredibles, um, okay. and I do. I like Bob in this movie. I like his journey. Um, I I like, you know, obviously he makes some mistakes along the way, but I I do like his heart. And, and I like what he's going through. And, 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 and I like the desire to be special and being held back and, that, and, and just showing how frustrating and mundane that can be. When you're not holding yourself back, you're being held back. And you know you're meant for greater things and you know there are greater things you can do and be. And you're not doing it. It's just, uh, you know, it's one, of those, it's one of those kinds of situations. But... I, I do like him, I, I, and I think that the times where you get to see him be a family man, he's a great family man, you know? He, he, he is a good family guy. He does love his kids. He loves his wife, and, um, and, and he's just making some, you know, some choices that are not the best choices for him while he's trying to live out the best him that he can be. Mm-hmm. I agree that I like the family, but I would say I like the kids the most mm -hmm. in this mm -hmm. one because I feel like there was a lot of spotlight on them yep. and kind of what they were going through. I like that. Frozone is probably one of my favorite oh, characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, for I sure. Just, I love Frozone. Love him so much. And then there's like someone else that I'm thinking of. Maybe it's the the government agent guy. That's keeping them undercover. The guy that's kind of like an animated Tommy Lee Jones yeah, almost. He's yeah. just kind of funny. Yep. <laughs> just kind of funny. Uh, but I really do like Dash and Violet. And I think that kind of plays into my love of Jack-Jack also. Yeah. Well, Jack-Jack just has that moment, you know, because the whole time, 
you never really find out about his power. You never really hear anyone talk about his power. You don't know if he's got one or whatever the case may be. And then as you get down to the very end and that last scare with <laughs> Sentry, you know, like Jack-Jack does his thing and it's just kind of really pretty cool. And then his response at the end. And so, yeah, Jack, as he's, you know, parachuting down, she's like, just look at me, just look at me. And, um, you know, and then everything's okay. I also like the little boy on the tricycle. Oh, yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like the little boy is sitting there at one point and he's just staring at Mr. Incredible and he pulls up and he's like, well, what are you looking at? And he, or what are you waiting for? And the kid says, I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. You know, <laughs> and that really is that boy, that little boy becomes the voice of the world. You know, that like we're waiting on something amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who's also a good little character like that? Their babysitter for Jack-Jack. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the, like, the messages. Um, something's happening. <laughs> Uh, not trying to worry you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's some good stuff too. But yeah, Jack Jack is just amazing. You're like watching Jack Jack, and you're like, "What has this kid got going on?" And um, and when he turns in that little monster and just beats the mess out of Syndrome, it's just hilarious. It's so, really good. It, really good. It, it's a great movie. I really like it a lot, and it's um, you know, it's up there in the Disney canon for me as being definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, and you played some of the music earlier. I would say that the music from Incredibles is pretty iconic now within Disney. When you hear that, you know it's Incredibles stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, it's it was done in such a beautiful way, and then that gives us our introduction to Michael Giacchino in the world of Pixar because he, you know, he becomes kind of a staple for Pixar films as he far does. as doing music. And, and he really, you know, and, and from there on, you know, he's someone that has shown out time and time again in different projects. And, um, you know, he, I really, there was a time there where I thought he was kind of the heir apparent to John Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even just Pixar. He does Zootopia. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to go and look him up because he's, and he's done some Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he's, you know, once he made his way in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did, he, he scored Rogue One. He did Star Trek. He did two of the Star Trek movies with J.J. Abrams. Mm -hmm. He did several J.J. Abrams films. Um, Super 8. Uh, um, I think he scored, did he score the, the, the music that plays over the credits of Cloverfield? I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, but I know he does Ratatouille and Up. Yeah, he did the two. He did a couple of Mission Impossible movies. He he's done stuff for the parks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he I think he scored the stuff for Star Tours at Hollywood Studios with the with the, when they updated everything. Um, mm-hmm. He scored the stuff there in the in Cars the, two in the landing bay. Yeah, um, you're talking about some uh, Toy Story shorts. Some of the Toy Story shorts that was there. The Jurassic ti- the World. Toys, yeah. Inside Out. Uh, Zootopia, Coco, um, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, mm-hmm. the two Spider Man movies, Homecoming and Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he yeah, he has. A, I think he's nominated right now for. Is he nominated? He might be nominated for an Academy Award for Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. 
because that is part of the in the Academy Awards. I don't know for sure if he's nominated, but he did do the music for Jojo Rabbit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, talk about his, he is, his career is crazy. Mm -hmm. He's done so much stuff. For sure. Um, he, yeah. And and that's the thing is, like I say, he's been very versatile. He's been, he's been super awesome in, in all that he's done. So, um, it is, it is, it was, it was a cool introduction because I think from, I know for me, that was the first time I was aware of him. Obviously it wasn't the first thing he ever did. Um, but it was kind of the first time I guess I was, I was really aware of him. He did a lot of video game stuff before that, I guess. Um, yeah, a lot like call of duty, mm -hmm. a medal of honor, yeah. like a lot of those kind of games. So I wasn't really aware of him either until the Incredibles. And mm -hmm. then a lot of the films I've watched since then he's done. Yep. So, you know, I think The Incredibles might have really given him his break into more high-profile films. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, and then and with it being successful, and and Brad Bird actually kind of, I think, took him along with him on a few other things that he did. Um, you know, I, I don't know if this is how he got on the, the, the radar of J.J. Uh, Abrams or what, but I'm telling you, um, it, it really is. It's just kind of right on up the... He just kept going from there, you know, like there was no stopping him after after that. So, well, I really like a lot of the movies, the music from the movies that he's done, like that first Star Trek that J.J. Abrams did. Mm -hmm. I love that music. Yeah, that's it. And I said from the beginning when that when I first heard that, maybe it was the very when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is Star Wars music. Yeah. Well, you know, that first Star Trek movie that Abrams did was a Star Wars movie. Yeah, you know it really was. Um, I thought Rogue One was a slow burn for me, um, but he, I think he pulled that off pretty well. The Rogue One score. Uh, yeah, once you listen and Rogue to it, Rogue One is actually one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, once you start kind of listening to it and you and you hit those themes over and over again, it really is a good score from him. And and Rogue One is of the Disney era movies. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. So so yeah. Well, anything else on this, Teresa? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. But, you know, we definitely want to be doing more Disney Vault Talks. <laughs> so <laughs> I know people have been tweeting us. They've been asking us and things, and I've kind of stayed quiet on it. I haven't really commented just because I didn't really know what to say. But we definitely want to. We just <laughs> right. life. But yeah. we're going we're gonna to figure it out. I know I say that all the time, but we really, really are. Because when I saw that we hadn't, like, when I really saw a picture of when we recorded this past year, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, dang. Oh, dang. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Dang. Yeah. Oh, dear. So, for oh, sure. Dear, oh, dear. Um, yes, because coming up next. Mm -hmm. And so, expect me to be texting you, sir. Mm -hmm. uh, coming up next is Cars. Yep. So we've hit your favorite Pixar movie, and we're now about to hit mine. Indeed. So we need to do that soon, 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 uh, because cars. I hear love you. cars for sure. Yeah, and and uh, and that's that's going to be fun because honestly, Teresa, a lot of people don't like cars. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I think that it it it's going to be good to have you, um talking about this film having the passion for it you have for it and uh and i think it's going to be really good for people to hear someone 
who really likes and lo- who loves this movie give it the credit that it deserves. So, I love Cars so yeah. much. So, I think we have to have Arishan, too, for that. Because okay. he's a huge Cars fan as well. Is he? So, I didn't realize that. I would I have so. I would have expected yeah. Arish to be one of those detractors of Cars. No, I think he really likes Cars. I think he had said he wanted to do Cars. Awesome. All right. So, well, between now and then, how can people get in touch with us? You can send us an email, and we will read it on our next show, which will be in a couple weeks. <laughs> I'm just going to say that out here now for, uh, what do you call that? Uh, Posterity thing? No. Uh, accountability. accountability? Okay. Yeah, accountability. Uh, email us, vaulttalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Just search for Disney Vault Talk. You'll find that. You can find us on Twitter. We're at Disney Vault Talk. I am at Ice Cold Penguin. Steve is at Steve Glosson. And you can follow all of the Gulliver shows, Geek Out Loud, Us. I don't know what other shows still exist. <laughs> <laughs> At Goliverse. Goliverse. G O L I V E R S E. (laughs) And of course, this is part of our marathon today. We're raising money for Cure Childhood Cancer. You can find out more about them at curechildhoodcancer.org. Between February 9th and 15th, this page page will still be open to give in honor of this marathon at geekoutonline.com slash cure. We'd appreciate it if you go there, help us out. At the time of this live recording, we have raised $2,660. Uh, We're just a little over halfway to the $5,000 mark with a little ways to go in the marathon itself. We thank everyone who's given. Uh, If you did give, we've got little geek care packages we're going to send out to you. So if you will shoot us your mailing address to geekoutonline at gmail.com and uh, just shoot shoot a mailing address there to that email, uh, we'll be sure to get those out to you next week. and, um, And just little tokens of our appreciation. Nothing major. Uh, just some stuff you'll hopefully enjoy. And we'll be talking more about exactly what those things entail uh, later on in the marathon. That is That is geekoutonline.com slash cure. And we appreciate everyone who has donated. And let people know about it. As Teresa said earlier, text someone. Get on your social media when you tweet. Make sure you uh, tag at Cure Child Cancer so they know that you've been listening and been taking part in it. We greatly appreciate everyone who's been a part of it today. And that wraps us up. Until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Teresa. To infinity. And geek on.